Hello, my name's Taylor, and this is my literary analysis of Home by War Sandshire. So, first off, I wanted to mention that I found this poem really powerful, and I encourage everyone to read it if you haven't. The author actually wrote this after meeting and speaking with young Somali refugees staying in the local, in the abandoned Somali embassy in Rome. Somali is a country located in East Africa, and in the 90s, a dangerous civil war broke out, causing people to flee. Anyways, she shared that the night before she met with the refugees, one of the refugees sadly jumped off the roof to his death. So that's some background information on the author and the inspiration of this poem that I found really interesting. And I hope you did too. Okay, moving on to the poem. I think what I'm going to do is break the poem down into each thought or separate idea, read that section, and then touch on that each thought, make connections, etc. I think that's a good idea. Let's dive right in. Home by War Sandshire. No one leaves home unless home is the mouth of a shark. You only run for the border when you see the whole city running as well. Your neighbors running faster than you, breath bloody in their throats. So that's the first little thought I want to focus on. It starts off by touching on how people don't leave their homes unless home is dangerous, like the mouth of a shark. This is a really good point, and this message is repeated throughout the poem. I think a lot of people forget, or like it slips their mind, that refugees, refugees didn't flee their country because they're bored or they wanted a change of scenery. They fled their country because living in poverty in our country is ten times better than living in fear of your life in another. I'm fortunate enough to have never experienced this, but other people aren't so lucky, which is honestly really sad. Moving on to the next part. The boy you went to school with, who kissed you dizzy behind the old tin factory, is holding a gun bigger than his body. You only leave home when home won't let you stay. So this part transitions into talking about communities or close-knit groups that were torn apart by violence, which is really unfortunate to watch, especially when kids are involved, like mentioned in the poem. Next part. No one leaves home unless home chases you. Fire under feet. Hot blood in your belly. It's not something you ever thought of doing until the blade burnt threats into your neck. This part just continues to elaborate on how no refugee truly wants to leave their home, at least not under the circumstances of their current situation. I really like the imagery and use of metaphors and descriptive words in this part and the rest of the poem. And even then, you carried the anthem under the breath, only tearing up your passport in an airport toilet, sobbing as each mouthful of paper made it clear that you wouldn't be going back. You have to understand that no one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. This part is honestly probably my favorite part because of how easily you can visualize each experience and how powerfully heartbreaking it is to visualize. Can you imagine yourself in these situations? Could you imagine what it would be like to know how dangerous it would be to put your family in an overcrowded fishing boat, but you know whatever outcome that happens would be better than staying in a broken country? No one burns their palms under trains, beneath carriages. No one spends days and nights in the stomach of a truck, feeding on newspaper unless the miles traveled means something more than the journey. 
Again, this elaborates on the struggles and sacrifices that refugees have gone through to find a place they can feel safe in. I think part of what makes this poem so powerful is how specific each scenario mentioned is. Even people that haven't experienced these things can can feel empathy for people in this situation. No one crawls under fences. No one wants to be beaten, pitied. No one chooses refugee camps or strip searches where your body is left aching. I really like the line, no one chooses refugee camps, because I think it reminds people that refugees would much rather be back in a safe home in their own country instead of camps in a foreign country, especially ones that might have a language barrier. Or prison, because prison is safer than a city of fire, and one prison guard in the night is better than a truckload of men who look like your father. This part touches on sexual abuse and what that looks like for women refugees or just refugees in general. I think it's really I think it's really eye-opening to see how struggles in a country like the US is different in a war-torn country like Somali. No one could take it. No one could stomach it. No one's skin would be tough enough. The go-home blacks, refugees, dirty immigrants, asylum seekers, sucking our country dry, blank with their hands out. They smell strange, savage, messed up their country, and now they want to mess ours up. How do the words, the dirty looks, roll off your backs? Maybe because the blow is softer than a limb torn off, than 14 men between your legs, or the insults are easier to swallow than rubble, than bone, than your child body in pieces. This part highlights some of the names and degrading phrases said about those seeking refuge in another country. The poem continues to say how even though the dirty looks and the name-calling is awful to endure, it's nothing compared to having a limb torn off, or being raped, or watching your your country crumble to pieces. I want to go home, but home is the mouth of a shark. Home is the barrel of the gun. And no one would leave home unless home chased you to the shore. Unless home told you to quicken your legs, leave your clothes behind, crawl through the desert, wade through the oceans, drown, save, be hunger, beg. This part is saying how those people really want to go home, but their home is dangerous. They did not willingly leave home, but as stated in the poem, home told you to quicken your legs, leave your clothes behind, crawl through the desert, and so on. And I think this part is a really good example of metaphors and imagery uh, in the poem. Forget pride. Your survival is more important. No one leaves home unless home is a sweaty voice in your ear, saying, leave, run away from me now. I don't know what I've become, but I know that anywhere is safer than here. This is the final part of the poem. The line, forget pride, your survival is more important, really spoke out to me. When you're a refugee, you have to give up your sense of pride in order to survive, whether that means begging for food on a corner, getting government assistance in another country, or seeking asylum. Overall, I think this poem is really powerful because it speaks to the lengths people will go to for safety. Most people don't leave their home for fun. In fact, refugees, I can guarantee you, they do not leave their home for fun. They do it out of desperation and out of wanting a safe place for their family. And they do it out of 
wanting to be able to have their children walk to school without being uh, kidnapped or uh, used as an example. And despite the trials and tribulations they'll face in their new country, it's a far cry from what caused them to leave in the first place. Maybe instead of giving these people forced to flee their own home a hard time and calling them names and judging them, we should be compassionate and understanding. So I hope people continue to read Home by Warsan Shire as time progresses, and I hope you enjoyed my analysis of it and my takeaways. Thank you.